Cars today are safer, more reliable, and packing more technology than ever before. But if you're looking for an appliance on wheels, this isn't your show. We want to help everyone find a car they'll really love, capable on the commute, and a laugh on your favorite road. If you take the long way home, this is for you. New cars, used cars, whatever your budget, whatever your needs, if you like to drive, we want to help. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Well, happy Friday. We actually recorded this early, but this is our second podcast of the week. But due to scheduling, we recorded it a bit early. So we don't have any, like, it, it, I will say this. If anything breaking news happened Thursday, I'm sorry we missed it because <laughs> we are ahead of that. But it's cool because we've got a guest tonight. It's been a long time since we had a guest. We have actually had major scheduling issues with getting guests on because we happen to do this podcast all hours of the day and night at the last minute. But Dan Roth has rolled with it. He's, he's joining us from the Autoblog podcast. You may have heard us rambling on on there a few weeks back. And uh, now we are trying to return the favor, even though, let's be honest, I will probably talk over him anyway. <laughs> but we have Dan here. That's right. And uh, we're glad to have you, Dan. Thanks for being here, man. Well, thanks very much for uh, for having me on. You guys were excellent on our podcast. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was just probably like the high point of my year for our podcast so far. I had wow. a lot of fun. Ah, you're too uh, kind. You're too kind. Yeah. No, we're just happy to return I mean, the favor. I mean, we're thrilled yeah, you're here, really. What's better than just like chatting about cars and stuff? No, it's fine. True. Uh, That's a fair point. Well, so, uh, yeah, we're going to throw you to the wolves here. We've picked out two fine. car debates. <laughs> For that's, that's good. all of us to debate. So the three of us. So those of you listening, we've got all of us chiming in with our own choices. So it's going to be interesting and different. I mean, usually you just hear from Todd and I, but mm-hmm. I'm really excited to hear Dan's. Honestly, I, I mean, we've got these two. We've got Marco in Ottawa and uh, who else? David in New Jersey. So this will be. Yeah, go ahead, I- Todd. And I, well, I was just going to say, I think there are members of the audience that are saying to themselves, thank God somebody else is on the podcast tonight so we can hear somebody say something that they don't say every darn Maybe, podcast. Maybe, but I, I mean, I've been at it long enough that people are like, oh, that guy. <laughs> yeah, fair, fair point. Well, but I mean, you know, but there, there's that thing that happens. It happens on YouTube videos all the time, and I'm sure you've seen it, Dan. Whenever you have a glowing review of something, the initial comment is, Oh, well, I hope you got paid to say that. Clearly, they got paid off. And I always think if everybody in the industry, I'll give you the best example, the Fiesta ST. There's one of two options. Either Ford decided to pull out their checkbook for one of their cheapest cars and write everybody in the industry a check to say it's awesome. Or you might want to consider that it's just a good car. Yeah. So these are the options. I I can unequivocally say... I do not get checks from any automakers for saying anything about anything. Yeah, I we, wish I did. we haven't seen anything on this end either. I mean, I keep well, checking my mail daily. I back the Ferrari to the mailbox to check, yeah. but exactly, still exactly right. Well, no and, the thing, checks. and the thing that I always say about it is, we will happily, happily accept their checks, and I can send the information to where they want to send us money. It will not change what we've said, but checks are welcome. But anyway, so uh, yeah. But we get into a rut, so we're glad to have you with us. Uh, I am curious, because you've always got a different car in your garage, I am curious, since we joined you a couple weeks ago, what have you been driving? Uh, I've had a pretty good run, actually. Um, I mean, I think when we talked last, I had the uh, Buick Cascada, which I... <laughs> That's I, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I came to terms with that car. I, I think it's it's great that it exists. It's not such... It's it's hard to come down off the uh, the seven series. I think I had the week before and, and into that. Sure. But oh yes, from, that's right. From there, I I had a uh, the X five uh, X Drive forty E, so the plug in hybrid, okay. um, which was was great. Uh, I was actually very impressed with that vehicle just because it's one of the older statesmen in that class. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's got the the new XC ninety to contend with and mm-hmm. the new Q seven, and it's yeah. it's balance of ride and handling is better than definitely better than the the volvo i was disappointed in the huh. volvo with how crashy it felt and were you that, really yeah. I, I wanted so much to love it because it's so gorgeous i want to uh, love it yeah. i have not driven it i i want to love yeah. it but i'm yeah. kind of disappointed Agreed. to hear this this is yeah. bad news it's it's ride is is like it's not supple and yet it also still rolls around a bit when you make it handle so that the x5 does not do that it does oh. that bmw thing yeah. Um, huh. For a hybrid too, like it got like 23 miles to the gallon, which isn't great, but it has it has the two liter mini four cylinder in it, which huh. you know, tiny engine for that car, but yeah, yeah, it's a tiny engine, but uh, you get the electric boost, so mm-hmm. there's definitely torque. Um, it 
it was great. Like I feel like it's it's quite a penalty to pay because I think it was about seventy five thousand dollars. Um, yikes! Yeah, that's that's stiff to get twenty three miles to the gallon. But overall, yeah. like it's a really great family vehicle. This had it had a beautiful interior. I mean, it's huh. it wasn't volvo beautiful or audi beautiful but it was it was nice um and it was really well thought out for for families and it's a family vehicle so it had the, sure. the two-piece tailgate and the the cargo space was good it was it was well thought out and then after that uh i had a a jaguar xj with the, oh, wow. the, okay. the three liter supercharged yeah because they this year um jaguar <laughs> has rejiggered their uh their lineup so their base model now is called r sport and that's uh, that's the three liter supercharged V six with three hundred forty okay. horsepower. Okay. Um, that's that is that is a nice car, and everybody like everybody's giving me crap for it all week. Like, oh yeah, who's the guy driving the Jag? But they would all consistently overestimate how expensive it was. Mm, They'd all say, what, "What is that like? A hundred something thousand dollar car?" It's, no, actually, it's kind of a deal. And they they'd, mm. they'd laugh when I'd say like at seventy eight thousand, it's a deal. But yeah. But in comparison but in to that, that class, 7 Series that you had. Right, exactly. I'll bet um, you it's a, yeah, you save 40, 50 grand, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, huh. I mean, wow. there are things that, the, oh, go ahead, Todd. I'm sorry. No, I was just, I was just acknowledging, wow, that, I mean, I agree <laughs> with you. That is in that, in that class, I mean, you expect six <laughs> figures. Just so the moral yeah. of the story is Jaguars are now a bargain. Who knew? They yeah. are. Run exactly. to your Jaguar Thanks for listening. Now. That was very, very, very relevant for right. everyday driver. Instead of a hundred no. grand, you can spend eighty. Thank you for listening. But, but Good also, to have like, you, here. <laughs> right. you can get into a Jaguar like an XE. An XE is like surprisingly affordable. So yes, agreed. And agreed. the Jaguar does the the Jaguar thing too. It had that just amazing ride. Good handling. Uh, the steering was a little slow in the XJ, but the XJ is sort of like that's the old dude's Jag. Like that is it the is. you've made mm-hmm. it. <laughs> <laughs> it is absolutely. Well, we were at a track day years ago with, uh, and there was an XJ there. Why they had an XJ at a track day, I don't know. But we were in a, a Denver-based track day, and uh, you talk about it being the old guy's Jag. One of the old guys at the track day who all day had been—I don't know if you remember this, Paul—all day had been a little bit questionable on the track. When we did the like big fast parade lap at the end, where because they had half the track for us until the very end, and then they opened the whole thing. They did like fast sure, parade laps, right? And one of the old guys that was already questionable on the track got in the XJ to sling it around for the uh, the track, for the big track. And both Paul and I were so thankful that we were the car ahead of him, <laughs> because. <laughs> many, many apexes and exits were missed. Many rocks were being thrown around. I just kept imagining the person right behind that boat while he tried desperately to sling it around poorly. So that's my enduring memory of the XJ. But uh, that doesn't mean it's a bad car. It's just what's it doing on the track? Anyway. Now, Dan, have you been in the XE? Have you driven that car? I have not driven the XE. I can't wait to drive it mm. because that's a class that's like ripe for disruption. Well, I agree. I'm just wondering, whenever Jag comes up, I'm wondering what about it is British. I'm, I, I see it with the F-Type. I get it. It's, it's uh, very restrained, and then you step on it, and it just everything explodes. Yeah. But what about the other models, and what about the XE will be necessarily British or a British feel? As you say, it's so, doing the yeah. Jag thing. Well, BMW has their thing, a smooth, quiet, fast, right. handles well. So does Jag. So yeah, but Jag does it. Jag does it differently. Although I will, I will say, like they they brought the XE up to um, the New England Motor Press, and they they had a little meeting where we got to basically get our fingerprints all over an XE. Um, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Yay! And, yeah, it, it was cool because you get to sit in it, you get to see it, the feel of materials and stuff, and look at the build yeah, quality. Yeah. Um, it's a very three series Jaguar, which mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Y- you know it, it has. It definitely looks like a Jaguar, but its styling is is more conservative. Um, I, I think they nailed it for that class. Uh, its interior, like the the XJ, is definitely a Jaguar interior. You know, it's got the the curved veneered wood and and just it's beautifully turned out inside. The XE, because of its price point, is a little less of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think, like, yeah, when you when you start to talk about Jaguar, one of the things that always comes up is the interior outfitting. It's the XE is going to struggle a little bit at its sort of entry level with yeah them. yeah yeah. But on the other sure. hand, it's going to be all in the tuning and Jaguar. I think the the XE to get really really technical that the <laughs> XE 
Jaguar thing that it's going to do is it's going to deliver a very rigid chassis um, with a high aluminum content. You know, they've got multiple different types of alloy in there, and it's bonded. High and aluminum content. We're talking aluminium. about the Brits. They, I mean, they have a, a specific <laughs> alloy of their own. Yes, of course they, they do. It yeah. has an extra syllable in it. That's the alloy. Anyway, go on. <laughs> uh, but, like, I think that's what they're going to deliver. They're going to deliver a car that just feels like, uh, uh, you know, it's ingot solid, um, which allows them to do their sort of trademark mm. suspension tuning. Um, and, again, it like, it, it all sounds like a 3 Series, I'm sure. Uh, the, you know, the difference you is You know what I really want to do? I really want to drive the XE in a close-to-base form a three series in a close to base form and the new Julia in a close to base form. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause I think that would be a fascinating yeah. threesome. Cause obviously the three series just exists. And you know, in, in the mind of most everybody rules that class, I haven't liked a genuine base BMW in a while or a base three series. I should be specific in a while. Um, and so it'd be interesting to see because that is everybody's kind of car people and non car people. That's right. kind of that class. That's the benchmark. I'd like to put those two wild cards with it and just see what it does. I just I'm very intrigued by both those cars in that space. Yeah, well I mean the base three series is a terrible deal. While the X E on the other hand is uh Jaguar's very aggressive lately about mm -hmm. this. They have a fantastic uh warranty. They have a fantastic maintenance program. Um and they they are not fooling around. They got mm -hmm. their infusion of cash, uh Jaguar Land Rover right. Right. wants to yeah, yeah. They, they 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 want to grow their market share they're doing the right things their product is is great it's actually even you know all the jokes about their reliability they've been climbing those mm -hmm. uh yeah. those surveys so uh, i mean i'd have no qualms about plunking down for one hmm. and, and it is uh, there's that part of me that just when you're buying in a space like that, I want to buy the oddball. I want to buy the yeah, atypical. You know? Exactly. And and those two cars definitely exist in that space, which is very cool. So, yeah, we, we've got it. That settles it. We need to get in some Jags. Uh, we should uh, <laughs> move on a little bit. There was one news item that I that I literally read just before we got on here that I'm just kind of laughing about. Uh, it's in that category of money solves everything. And that is uh, Chris Harris, who, of course, left the Internet video world behind to join Top Gear, is coming back to the Internet video world uh, with his fantastic friend and shooter editor, Neil Carey, who I guarantee you, 50 to 60% of what makes a Chris Harris video awesome isn't Chris. And Chris is talented. It's Neil. So them as a combination is, is such a powerhouse. They're coming back to Internet Video. They're going to do them for TopGear.com, which essentially means you took Chris Harris, who was having no trouble with Neil making fantastic videos. You gave him BBC money and said, go play on the Internet. <laughs> they know I how just, to do I, that, by the way. They know exactly what to do, which is I, great. You know, I mean, it is one of those nothing money can't solve. And I would like to take still, I mean, even for their videos, I'd like to take their catering budget and see what we could do as a show. But uh, yeah, anyway, that, but hey, good for them. I mean, that's very cool. I think we're all excited to have longer form stuff from him. Uh, I will acknowledge I have not seen third episode of the new Top Gear, though I have heard in Autoblog and other places that it was finally the one we were looking for. Because let's be candid, Rory Reed, who's awesome, and Chris Harris, who's awesome, were both on it. And those are yep. just new personalities. They're great. So I'm excited to see that third episode. I just haven't had the chance yet. I actually am watching it legally. Look at me. I'm watching <laughs> it through Amazon. So I, it has not uploaded yet to the Amazon world, but I will watch it later this week. So and, even before Top Gear like went through all its topsy-turviness, mm -hmm. um, did you did you find yourself like still interested in that show when it was the Clarkson and uh, Hammond and, and May? Like, what do you mean? Or had it... <laughs> Like, like had it, it just airing? become like not Top Gear at that point, just like all about ridiculous challenges and trying to top itself over and over well, again? Well, that's definitely what it had become. I mean, that, that change began to happen in season nine. You know, Richard, uh, Richard Hammond nearly died, candidly. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then the beginning of season nine was the beginning of their explosion into ridiculous ratings because if you weren't watching prior, you were now because one of the hosts nearly died. It's terrible to say, but I mean, they've even documented that. And then it became, how do we top ourselves? Which I agree, by the last couple of seasons, the best episodes of Top Gear I felt were behind them. However, it was still the best car show being made. So it's, it's, that, was my, that was my struggle, you know, because there's so few car shows that I just sit down and go, I want to watch this right now, I'm going to enjoy it. And it was still the best being made, but it wasn't, I didn't feel like at its zenith anymore. Okay, 
Yeah. Well, it touches on a lot of things. As you and I like to joke, it's a travel show with a car issue, you know, car problem. Mm -hmm. And you and I could enjoy various aspects about it. You as a filmmaker, just enjoying the scenery and going, what an incredibly well-composed shot. Or, you know, what an interesting tidbit about that car that I haven't found on the internet or, you know, the rest of us don't know, but you do because you're driving it. And now you're in this scenery. And so it definitely became, you know, something a little bit bigger than itself. But then it just went off into the weeds of of trying to top itself. So I kind of get your point, Dan. I kind of take your point there. It just, yeah, it became something really, uh, yeah, just maybe too big. But then when we want to get back into what are the cars like, it seems like it couldn't do that. So now that we're Mm -hmm. back there with the new reboot, I think people's expectations have been warped because of where it went. Sure, sure, sure. I think that's very true. I don't think there, I I think it was, I don't really care who you get to host. I know we beat on this already, but I don't care who you get to host it. What a poison (laughs) pill because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. people are expecting it. Even if you're not expecting it to be as entertaining, some development person is expecting it to have the same numbers. All of these expectations are warped and there's just no chance. But I'm excited to give the show. I mean, I'm going to watch the whole season. I'm very excited about it. I look forward to this third episode. But anyway, kudos to Chris and Neil. I'm glad they, as they have said, are putting the band back together and doing that because I'll watch those things for sure. <laughs> it does yeah. not should... do anything to quell my insane jealousy over Chris Harris <laughs> and what he's been able to do. Hey, I mean, he's know... definitely worked for it. But it's just like, dude, you have how many Porsches? Come on. Yeah. Get off the internet yeah. so somebody else can have a chance. T- talented guys now yeah. given money. Yeah, that's, no, that's, like, a, that's yeah. a nice problem. Yeah, exactly. But it, you know, like he, he didn't toil in obscurity uh, for nothing. Like, you know, he's he yeah. he's worked for it. Um, Absolutely. He's yeah. been Absolutely. around for yeah. a while. And he is a brand unto himself, which is very cool. We should probably desperately try to do a car debate. Since <laughs> that is supposed say. to be the reason that we're here. Sure, we'll um, move we, right along. Definitely. We have Marco writing in from Ottawa. He's got kind of an interesting story here because uh, – his girlfriend Sarah is uh, the or was the owner of a 2013 Mazda 3 five-speed. She's a girl that drives stick. He's thrilled. She's thrilled, and then the car gets in a wreck and gets written off. So now she doesn't have a whole lot of money. She's got a beat-up Mazda 3 she bought for nothing. She's trying to figure out what the next car is. She has about $25,000 Canadian to work with. And they've already, and kudos to you, Marco, for doing this, they've already gone out and driven a bunch of stuff. And so she has kind of taken his list and hacked it to death already. They drove the new Mazda 3, which I find this interesting. She had a Mazda 3. They drove the new one, and her conclusion was too low and too small. And I'm going... I haven't driven those back to back, but it's how bigger. are they that different? Mm-hmm. I, I think there's less greenhouse in the new Mazda three than there there was in the older ones. But also, could be they're in Canada. Canada loves Mazdas. What's yeah. the matter with them? That's their patriotic <laughs> duty to buy a Mazda because because Mazdas are the ecological choice. They turn back into elements they they (laughs) turned back into canada they started (laughs) as canada we've built them and they returned to canada uh Uh, so that nissan juke she said too plain inside and too ugly outside which i find funny because she's absolutely right about the inside the outside honestly i feel like every time i see a nissan juke it's driven by a woman it's an acquired taste though it is but i don't know why women seem to be the only ones that find that car attractive I've never seen a guy driving a juke, unless he was unless he was a journalist. I've never seen a guy driving. It's very interesting. Uh, and then uh, Jeep Renegade, she said, too truck-like, which I'm laughing about because in the realm of trucks, not yeah. that truck-like. But okay, uh, Honda HRV too slow. So then she ha- he has her list of things she wants. Must be a hatchback. Kudos. Must be a manual. Awesome about that. Must have four doors, and we'd like it to be fun. So he acknowledges that what would be perfect is a new WRX. But uh, as many of us have noted, there is no WRX hatch anymore. So here we are looking for that car, 25 grand or less. Here we are, gentlemen. What do we think? (laughs) With apologies to our Australian listeners, Vegemite is an acquired taste. I am true. (laughs) My brother-in-law lived in Australia for a long time. He grew up there, as a matter of fact, and he keeps trying to get me to eat it. And I know we're going to get furious emails, but I just still can't bring myself to I just can't. So isn't it isn't it like fermented something? I forget what Vegemite it's, actually. Is. It's yeast and All right. salt and some other stuff, and I just it sounds tasty. And he loves it. He says, "Here, try it on toast." Here, like I. Well, just... you have you have Vegemite, and then you have Vegemite's even uglier sister, Marmite, from the Brits. Mm. Oh, and the thing is, you've got experience people... with that. 
If you find people that like either one, I've noted this. If you find people that like either one, especially if you're an American with a non-American friend who likes either one, they're just going to give it to you. They're just going to be like, you have to try this. Because either you're going to be like, that surprises me. Or your face is going to bend inside of yourself and they're going to get the best laugh of their life. <laughs> right. I have never met anybody that eats one of those two things that cannot wait to share it with people that have never tried. So I'm not surprised. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I am really looking forward to hearing what you guys came up for this because I think I've got something that's out there. And I, I – Okay. Well, there's there's problems with each of these because of the list. I mean, Marco, congrats. She wants the manual. But for the price point, for the performance, for what you're asking for, I think we're going to come up with the usual suspects. But something that truly is creative, I think I've got it. But the big there's there's some issues with it, and I'll get there. But did you figure out a way to recommend a Porsche? No, there are wow. no Porsches on my list. Interestingly, I'm, it's it's like it's growth. I'm quite I, impressed. I'm trying. I think so you could get like a 924 on there, quite easily. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's see. It does everything but be four doors. That's impressive. Yeah. Okay. All right. right. Maybe maybe we could carve some little like RX8 doors in the back, and then mm. we could just go. Yeah, that, that, I mean, it's a 924. Right. You can do anything because nobody wants them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Please, I'll pay you to take it away. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have to bring up the. I feel like the obvious uh, the obvious one, and that is she's like the Mazda three. Mm-hmm. The current Mazda 3 feels too low. So I have to say, and jumping off Dan's comment about doesn't all of Canada like Mazdas, which I hadn't gotten that memo, but let's just run with it. Uh, based on that, what about the CX-5? Because we're talking, let's be honest, the higher version of the Mazda 3. I think you at least have to go drive that. Can you get? I think you can get it in a manual, if I'm not mistaken. You, you can you get can. it in that 184, have to look that 84 up. horsepower car. I don't know uh, about the manual, I, but I'm pondering it. You you can get the manual in it, but I think you get the two liter is it engine. The base engine. Yeah, which is oh, okay. it's fine. It's just it's it's, it's a little decent. anemic. It yeah, it, it yeah, makes yeah. up for it with the way it handles. Agreed. No, I think the CX five. If she likes, she's liked the Mazda three already. If the current one is a little too low, if that's the discussion on that, go drive a CX five. I'd be curious for her commentary on that. I think that's kind of the obvious one. I have two others. Uh, one's kind of a wild card, but it is also my favorite. What else have you guys got? Hmm. I've got uh, the usual suspects, Focus ST and GTI, but I I look at those, but their price their price point is is lower than that. Oh for, well, yeah. Oh, for Marco, yeah. Well, yeah. I, their exchange rate. I don't know if you mentioned this, Todd. Thirty two thousand US, so twenty five thousand Canadian as of yeah. today. So about thirty two, just over thirty thousand okay. US. So it's, I I went the other way. I just went to like VW.ca. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I was like, what are the prices here? Nice. Um, What's over here? Well, obviously, it's got to be new. She's looking for something new, yeah. right? And so yeah. I thought, here's this shot in the dark, this Lexus NX200. Mm. The problem is it it's too expensive and no manual. So then I thought, yeah. well, okay, what about a BMW X1? You know, you and I just talked about the last podcast, Todd, about BMW mm-hmm. making a niche car for just about every buyer and i thought well that x1 what about that don't think it comes in the manual it's still a little bit too expensive now you're talking new x1 or like the older x1 i'm thinking new just because of her proclivity here her preference mm. so you've, you've worked proclivity in there i will say the sad news is here that unfortunately marco did his calculation backwards uh it's it's it, $32,000 canadian would be 25 us 25,000 Canadian is about 20,000 US. So this gets harder and harder the more you look at it. Oh, well, I, I mean, I, I found some decent choices. Um, okay, bring it. Because I please. work from, from your usual suspects. Like, my first thought was like, okay, all of the things she didn't like are definitely solved by, by the GTI. Uh, mm-hmm. Problem is, the GTI on the VW.ca site is 28595 Canadian. So that's like 4 or $5 American. But either way, <laughs> um, you don't need the GTI. You drive a Golf, uh, which is well within your price range. It starts at like 18 uh, mm-hmm. Canadian. And honestly, you may find that the regular Golf does feel sporty enough for you. It's, it's definitely not a GTI. But on the other hand, it's a Golf. And what makes the GTI so good in so many ways is that it is a Golf. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, that's... It, I feel like that's sort of the usual suspect. That's the expected answer. Um, okay. So that's you know, where you like, started? Okay. 
that's where mm-hmm. I started. Okay, uh, all right. And I was like, well, all right. Um, they still want something sporty. What about the Focus ST? Focus ST is even more expensive than the GTI. That's like thirty. Yeah. Um, so again, the regular Focus starts right around eighteen. Mm-hmm. You should definitely try both of those out because they're two sort of different, uh, two different flavors, two different recipes, um, in the same class. Uh, if you truly want sporty, um, the ST that you can swing is the Fiesta ST. True. And that one's 25 Canadian. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. That car's a damn hoop. <laughs> oh, yeah. It'd be, it'd be a riot. I mean, let, let's be honest. It's going to be a step down in interior quality from, you know, these others she's even talking about because, of course, it's a step down in class. But you would be hard-pressed to find a more fun car, certainly for the money. However... I'm going to say, I'm going to recommend a lot, Marco, and you've said you, you, you're having this conversation that isn't going well. She needs to buy used. I just, I, it, for real options here, she needs to buy used. You're trying to convince her to buy used. I think that is the real option because once you go used, a few years back, all kinds of things open up. And I'm going to give you my both favorite and wild card from the used column. With 25,000 Canadian, you really could get one. It is everything you're talking about. It's hatchback, it's manual, it's four doors, and it's fun. It's Porsche. Porsche? No, <laughs> no believe it or not, I'm not doing that. Uh, <laughs> I didn't do that either. It's a it is game. a Mark VI Golf R. I have got a Canadian website in front of me right now. In fact, I've got Auto Trader Canada in front of me, and I have found multiple. Granted, they are higher uh, kilometers. But it's We're talking about around 80,000 kilometers on those cars. But we're talking a Golf R, which was the six-speed. That car is fun. You've got all-wheel drive in case you ha- uh, have weather concerns. I mean, I- I'm going to go back to what Dan commented on. You know, Golfs, the GTIs, nothing wrong there. But I just got curious. What's the prior-gen Golf R? And here it is. I mean, sure, if you had 30,000, you've got tons of them. But at 25, they're here. You could go get one. I think that's a real option. Mm, you're absolutely With a car right. Like that. Yeah, but you get you get you you have to buy one of those really well. Um, you do absolutely, yeah. You know, used is from the from the pure economics of any car purchase ever. Used is absolutely the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. New is is nice if you can swing it, but you're you yeah. you are definitely you have to realize you are lighting fire to a pile of money. Yeah. And that's okay. Like sometimes it's worth it. Like that's the, these are my own miles tax, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. that's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, used is definitely, if you can convince her to buy well used, the world is your oyster at 25. Agreed. Roughly. Agreed. I, I think, and I think Man. that's the smarter play here. I really do. And I, I like that golf R. I think they're obviously with, you know, older cars, you have the dice roll of reliability and what's that going to cost you. Um, but I just, I wanted to bring it up because it's simultaneously my wild card and my favorite, and it just shows, I feel like, what's possible with that kind of money. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to stay there. I like that recommendation a lot. You're absolutely right about the exchange rate. Massive fail on my part. I went the other <laughs> way. So, yes, it's 20000 U.S., and 25 Canadians. So, yeah, that just blew out my choices here. But there is this car <laughs> at the at the tail end that has intrigued me that I don't think anybody okay. has ever talked about, really, the main reason being it's not available yet in North America. But it's the Infiniti Q30, one of their oh. very entry-level kind of – I mean – it, it really doesn't know what it wants to be, built in Mercedes it, S-Class. It, re- it really, really doesn't. It really doesn't. But I, I am pretty sure on the website they showed a manual transmission. They showed an interior with a manual transmission stick shift in the shot. And I thought, oh, that, that is a step up in luxury. That's possibly a manual transmission. But then, of course, not available in North America quite yet. But then, of course, my... I went the other direction, so yeah, massive fail. I admit that. I love how I love how often we recommend either cars you a can't get yet can't or get. b couldn't afford with your budget, and we're staying right on point so, tonight. So that is no in both categories. No, but coming back to your Golf R, I, I think that's a really excellent choice, and I'm I'm with you guys. Buy used for for this situation because I, I I don't know that you can check these boxes otherwise. And Marco, that's honestly one of the reasons I chose this is because. You know, you're you're really bringing a conundrum here. This is really quite difficult, and 
difficult to do new. So if you go use, yeah. Yeah, options yeah. start to open up. And as you and I found, Fiesta STs are plummeting used. Oh, yeah. Fiesta huh. STs are practically pocket change now. But, I mean, Marco, I also want to kind of close with this thought, and that is you made the comment in here, she wishes she had a WRX like yours but a hatch. I'm also going to say the obvious thing. If you go used, you buy an older WRX mm-hmm. with a hatch. And yeah. scene. I mean, that, there you go. Done. And, and you can probably find one that somebody's just fed up with. They've already paid the money for the head gaskets. And you can yeah. just, you, you know, I mean, just, that's yeah. what people do. They get they get livid when the car costs them money and they ship it after they have the job done. They're like, oh, I'm going to get out of that. And you're like, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, which is the wrong combination, but um, it happens all the time. I, I do right. have a, a new, if you're going to go new, I have a dark horse. You should, you should okay. try. Really? Um, so I it's just actually like a couple. Um the <laughs> Kia Soul. Uh sure. maybe not her thing. If she didn't but if like you the drove juke. the juke, they should drive that. I agree with that. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's it's definitely more useful than the juke. Um and staying with Kia, the Forte five. Because you can mm-hmm. get that with a manual and you can get it there's three different trims. You could probably buy the middle trim, which has a semblance of sporty. They yeah, have the SX which yeah, gets that, up their that price body wise. style has the hatch and everything that, that's yep. a, i like that one a so, lot actually that's a good one those, good. The, you should try those if you're gonna go new but don't throw all your money away like definitely look at what's around used yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely are both those cars manual transmission dan uh you can definitely get the um the forte five in a manual it it comes with a manual um as a standard equipment the soul i'm pretty sure you can i don't i didn't check all that deeply okay um, the soul I'm, but, yeah i wasn't sure but maybe that'd make that car the, pretty interesting if it does and, and the forte 5 is is genuinely pretty cool i mean i don't know it's not going to be golf r levels of sheer driving fun but it's it's cool looking it's you know the, i mean yeah. kia and hyundai you get a lot for your money and they're reliable especially if you get them new and yeah i totally see that i like that idea a lot yep yep Good, guys. Uh, well done. Uh, let us know, uh, Marco, what she ends up getting. And in the meantime, we will jump to the next one. To David, he's out in New Jersey. Uh, fortunately, we don't have to do a currency translation on this one. Uh, and it's actually quite a bit more, which is interesting. His story is that he just graduated college and is getting a new car to celebrate. Well, mm-hmm. lots of new college grads get a new car to celebrate just sure. not in by, his by the way budget. by the way i i was not i was not this person we have had Nor a few was nobody nobody is this person we've had a few people <laughs> right well we had that one when, when we did the actual college car debate episode we had the gamut we had the guy with like a dollar and a half in his pocket we had the person with like 10 grand in the middle of college and the guy that just graduated had 80 grand to spend that i'm thinking <laughs> how long have i worked how many how many years yeah. have i worked and what do i and i did i don't have 80 grand but he was graduating college with 80 grand our our dear friend here david is graduating and has 50 grand to spend on his new car. Maybe they work uh, at the same company. Grand. What is you, this company? Maybe they do. I clearly did not graduate with the right degree <laughs> well, you or know, but, go but maybe, in the right place. Maybe he's doing something like saying, you know what? I have another 80 grand left on my student loans. I might as well just blow that on a car. Oh, there yeah. you go. <laughs> that's, that's horrible decision making. But like, I read the, I read his question. And I know you'll, you'll go through it. I was like, what the hell kind of college graduate is this guy? Like, yeah. he, and he even says like, I've got a bunch of cars already, you know, uh, and, and any one of them I'd be satisfied with. And then, Etc. Like, who has cars that you describe as etc.? Like, I, I no. Well, but I, but I'm guessing. I mean, he says he's been around a lot of these cars. I suspect what that means is that uh, parents and family have owned a lot of cool cars. I mean, he talks about yeah. he has yeah. a 2013 GTI, but uh, he's been around a '67 Mustang, an old MGB, a GT. All kinds of stuff. He even talks in here about uh, he's had access to an Evo X and 911s. And so I get the impression, okay, this is a family of car lovers he's grown up in. Clearly. Which is awesome. Clearly. And uh, he's had access to a lot of cars, which is cool. But I agree with you. I clearly went into the wrong industry. Uh, So that's (laughs) happened. However, speaking of student loan thing, by the way, this is just a random side note. I had a roommate in college whose parents were missionaries in Egypt. Okay. I went to a Baptist school it's a long, terrible story. But I went to a Baptist school in the South. This roommate could walk into the student world, uh, the, whatever the student uh, office was there, and walk out with a scholarship 
for, for just pretty much walking in and going, hi, this is who I am. My parents are missionaries in Egypt. And they would throw money at him. I right. swear he lived underneath a hole in the sky. And I carried jobs every time I could and barely got by. And he was like, I want to go get another loan. Boggled my mind. And now he's a doctor, so he'll be fine. But uh, yeah, anyway, just that. <laughs> Student loans apparently are the key. I missed out on that gravy train. Uh, but here we are with 50 grand to spend, uh, which will be quite fascinating. You have looked at all kinds of stuff. And your favorites are weird. Honestly, yeah, he's, he's tough to nail down. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing. You've driven lots of stuff. You you said a family member had an S63 AMG, which, of course, is a monster <laughs> hammer of a car. Enormous with a bomb under the hood for an engine. And you liked it, but kept thinking, I'm a single guy. This is way too much car for me. It's just too large, regal a car for me. But then... One of your top three is the Chevy SS, which I have to say, I can't say enough good things about the Chevy SS. I can't recommend it enough. I think it's amazing. It's not a car that I'm in the market for, and I've got a wife and a kid. So I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble connecting how the S63, you had that feeling of, I'm just a single guy, this is the wrong car for me, and you wouldn't feel that way in the SS. And I love the SS. I just think that's a weird choice. You've also kind of zeroed, uh, zeroed in on the new Camaro, and uh, the Focus RS. These three cars, you acknowledge, are not the same. <laughs> <laughs> Which one of these? It's not like yeah. the other. No. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, pretty fun because uh, David is writing to us and he's saying, with the summary here being, he's looking something that will take care of his 25-mile commute. Okay? 25 minutes or 25 minutes each way. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. He wants it quiet, comfortable. It's got technology in it. But he also wants it to be able to really come alive when he stands on it. But then it's also got to be something that stands out when he goes to a car show. Not that he's going mm -hmm. to car shows all the time. But I just don't think the SS really is that much of a looker. It's got no. the it, – it checks every other box except when you roll up to a car show, people are going to say, hey, nice Malibu. Oh, it's an SS. Yeah, mm -hmm. okay, great. Followed by what's an SS and is that a Malibu trim level? I mean, you'll go nowhere good. Right. That, that, that leads right. to nowhere good unless you put somebody in it and can really hoon it somewhere and surprise them. But you're driving a huge sleeper of a sedan, which again, I cannot be the prophet of the SS enough to people and yet it's still the wrong car here. I, I think I think what's going on is his choices are being influenced by outside uh, taste. Like maybe he, maybe he's absorbed... The, the sort of like big car, big engine thing from, from the family members that are clearly mm -hmm. uh, Maybe. car Could lovers. Be. Could be. These are old dude cars. Not, not, I mean, not to generalize, but the Camaro, like, <laughs> I wouldn't, I would even feel self-conscious in a Camaro. And as much as I'd love the performance, it's a great performing car. I'd be like, yeah, I feel kind of ridiculous in this thing. Um, <laughs> the SS is, it's a little under the radar. So mm -hmm. I'd probably be better with that. But even that, like, that's not the right car if you're just one person and you don't really plan on carpooling. Yeah, <laughs> or, yeah I hear you. Yeah. Or, like, it's just not, it's not the right, like, as, as well as it performs, that's a big car. And, it's like the ultimate family vehicle. I mean, it really yeah. is. But we're talking about a guy just out of college. So those two things do, do not yeah. connect. And, um, and, you know, everything he wants, he completely rules out because he's like, well, I, I like the 991, the Porsche uh, yeah. 911, 991s, but... Um, He's just afraid of being able to put stuff in it. But, like, honestly, everything you want, that is the car. They are the cool all-the-time car. They will look good at a car show. They, sure. You can relax with them in traffic. They are built really, really well. And they're really fun when you get on them. Like, that is it. That is the car. I would like it noted that Porsche was just brought up and neither you or I did it, Paul. This, this, <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to acknowledge that and then See, quickly move on. The idea yeah. is to teach others to paint the fence I for mean, you. I mean, I have another so. choice too, but like that's, that's the starting point. And I, I think his, his fear is unfounded. And honestly, if you're going to buy a 991, put a damn roof rack on it if you can't put stuff in, in the boot. <laughs> I mean, well, and if you can't, if, but if we're gonna if we're gonna follow into the pool of Porsche and join Paul, then uh, you know you have to say also just start working your way backwards in the Porsche lineup. You could get a fantastic nine nine seven for fifty grand. Get out yes. from underneath the the uh, uh, the hit of depreciation. And frankly, in many ways, I prefer the nine nine seven to the nine nine one. Even though the nine nine one is awesome, I did not pick that car. I have one he has not brought up or had experience with that I want to get back to. But where are you, Paul? Well, I only came up with one on this. There was only mm. one car that popped to mind, and I'm, I'm kind of calling it. It's a car that is okay. not an instant 
It doesn't instantly turn your head, but the more you look, the more you realize this is a serious performance car and this really is something. Okay. It's German. It checks the box, quiet, comfortable, technology. When you stand on it, it's going to go. And it is. What do you guys think of this? 2013 to 2014 Audi RS5. It's a hmm. baller hmm. car. It's yeah. not instantly, yeah. hey, look at me. It's not real shouty, but it'll still look pretty tailored at a car show. It'll look nice. Get a wash, cleaned up, look nice. But it's going to kind of will be common at that car show either. It's not going to be, you know, here's the line of RS5s in the corner. That's an interesting point. Right. But is it, is it going to be uncommon enough? Do you think not? I I don't know. The car show thing was the, sort of like the biggest well, biggest decision maker for me. Like, So okay. it's got to be flashier, you're thinking? Hence the Porsche? Uh, even the Porsche, like... It blends in, but it's it's still, and that's just because like it's a newer Porsche. Like, yeah, okay, we see those a lot. Like, if mm-hmm. if you really want to stand right. on a car show, like, get and it on the coast, it, you know, Porsches don't blend in. In California, you you, you blend in like crazy. You know, yeah. anywhere in the Midwest, in the middle of the U.S., they stand out. But on the coast, I mean, and in some places, in Jersey too. Like, Jersey, Jersey's a big state, and there's there's yeah. a lot of stuff in Jersey. So, it, it, I mean. Yeah, I feel like what we've wound up with here, and I, I, it's only my life experience that I can bring. That's why I say this. But this is like he's asking for an L.A. car. I mean, I realize he's in Jersey, but he's asking for an L.A. car because all of his commute needs, all of his kind of normal kind needs, of. just needs yeah. to be a nice place to be, which is the problem with cars in L.A. Because you're going to spend majority of your time sitting, staring at the bumper of the guy in front of you <laughs> while you move five miles an hour. But yeah. Yeah. there are good roads around and there yeah. is a good car culture around. And he feels like when I have an open road, when I get to a good road, road or when I go out with my buddies and it's all about cars, I want to feel like this car is decent for that. That's the conundrum. That's where these two things collide. And I came up with one car, possibly offshoots from it, but I came up with one car that he has not covered this brand at all in all of his experience. And I just thought, all right, if you really have 50 grand to spend, you could get a new one. You could also get like a year old used one and save yourself a little bit. But I really submit to you BMW M235i. Because you get that with the uh. six speed or get it with the get it with the paddles. Either way, if you, if you want to go, you're a commuter, get it with the paddles. You won't hate yourself for that at all. It's a good transmission. But when the road opens up, you're gone. You'll have a blast. The dynamics of that car, excellent. You can watch our review on it. We thoroughly enjoyed the dynamics huh. of that car. You could get a brand new one for 50. You could get a year old one for probably 40, 45. And I'm going to recommend that to you. But... That car, you you haven't even mentioned the BMW brand. It's off your radar in this discussion, and yet it's a small enough car. A, a, a guy just out of college gets out of that car by himself. Fine. It's not an SS. It's not some big monster of a car, and you would love that car on a back road. And at a car show, that car represents. It's not a, whoa, you brought that car. But it's also not, again, like the RS5. It's not like there's six of them on the back row right. either. Interesting. It's not as flashy. You're right. It's not as... Look at me, but for who we're talking about right out of college, I don't know that you need to bring the flash of an S63 or something like that. I, I still think the RS5 is somewhere in there, but I mm-hmm. like the 235i too. That's interesting. It's certainly more compact. and you know, I'm staying there. I'm calling my shot on that one. I'm calling my that, shot. That's there. a good car. I mean, that's, that's definitely a good all-around car uh, that you can, you can get down with at any time. <laughs> if yeah. you want to relax or if you want to ring it out. You um, realize, guys, that we've all gone German. All of our choices well, are German. Well, yeah, yeah, but let's see. So here's gonna where I us. landed. Dan's going to save here's us. Here's where on. I landed. Okay. I, we're not going American. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if you need the flashy, if you really want to impress people, well, man, maybe it won't. still won't. I like that me. you're standing on this. I love that you're really going to die on this hill over here. <laughs> it's got to be baller right. at the car show. Um, let's do it. Lotus Evora. I, he oh, mentioned that he doesn't want yeah. something like a Lotus, uh, but I feel like when he says Lotus, he's thinking like Exige Elise. The mm-hmm. Evora is a lot better to live with. Absolutely, um, yeah. Toyota running gear, so it's mm-hmm. not going to have engine out services. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, it's definitely got the goods when you get on it, um, and it's uh, what the hell is that car? Mm-hmm. You're right. Um, and you're absolutely right. Y- you can get them for forty five, fifty thousand. You can. So, so you're yeah, talking you just a straight Evora, not the Evora S, because you I can don't get think a used Evora S. Yeah. 
Yeah, are they could. are they fifty? Could. could you get an S fifty? Yeah, I, I I looked quickly on Cargroovers and uh, I saw a bunch within the. You, you could legitimately 50. start talking about that car for that. I would now mm-hmm. like to note, Paul, that neither you nor I brought up Porsche or Lotus. Oh, Dan, I mean, that's funny. Dan has brought up both. So for those of you that say oh, stop, God. stop bringing up Porsche and Lotus, it's not just us, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Apparently, maybe it's a problem with the car debate itself. Maybe that just leaks into people, and you have to mention these cars. But there, it's happened. <laughs> you know, there's a re- like okay. Let's make a metaphor. There's a reason why lots and lots of guitarists play Les Pauls or Stratocasters, <laughs> right? Okay, <laughs> it's right. not just because they're cool, because yeah. they are, but like. And I'm not I'm not a Les Paul guy. Like I don't I don't like Les Pauls. They're they're funky, uh, balanced, and like whatever the finicky. But I love <laughs> me a Strat and I love me a Telly. Why? Because you can pound nails with them. They sound good. They are you know they're they're simple, but like they are what you make of them. And uh, like that's the thing. They're they're just like. They're 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 like the GTI of, of guitars, right? Like wow, <laughs> this, they will do I would what like you it noted that do. in order to explain the Porsche <laughs> and the Lotus, Dan went to guitars to and then came yeah. to the GTI. You this know, was the circle wow. we just, just went through. So if you're, I'm no. just trying to make the metaphor work, but it's it's like <laughs> I, I applaud you. Monumental <laughs> in, effort, frankly, Mon- yeah. just quite impressive. In 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 those other realms, like there's a reason why standardized, like yeah. the standard tool, like becomes the standard tool, and it's because it's good. I see and, that. I totally like, see that. Those are well, those are good choices. That those were a couple of very fun uh, car debates. Have we forgotten <laughs> anything? Has anybody got anything to add here? I don't think anybody has brought up guitars on the car debate before. You or I really? certainly don't. And I love that you certainly can not. build your house and play a little tune at the same time. You can pound nails with this thing. That's yeah. I mean, pretty interesting. I, I mean, do, do either of you guys play? I mean. I play piano. I actually grew up playing yeah. uh, classical and jazz piano. So, uh, but not guitar, not guitar, yeah. not my gift. Definitely not my gift. No, I, it's not my gift. I try. <laughs> <laughs> so we should probably do some Facebook questions uh, before we do. I should mention because uh, we mention every time now we have an adventures tab on everydaydriver.com. dot com. We are doing two big adventures this summer. One is our track day in Chicago, August twenty second. That is a Monday. Yes, we know, but it is full access to the full track at Autobahn Country Club, just south of Chicago, and uh, you get a discount on being there for the day. It's a run what you brung event. If you've never been on track. This is the event for you. You can get there through our website. You can get the code to get a discount on that day. That is about 275 bucks for lots and lots of track time on that really cool uh, facility. We will be there. We're going to be on track. We're going to be hanging out with you. If you don't want to get on track but you want to be there, come. We're doing cars and coffee in the parking lot all day. I know it's Monday, but it's August. Just come. Just play hooky. <laughs> Off you go. And then, of course, we also have our pilgrimage adventure. That is our film. But you're there. And it's better. I'm just saying, closed tracks, real track days on Spa and the Ring, none of this tourist and fought madness where you're fighting off traffic. You're there with a limited group of people. That'll be amazing. I know it's not cheap, but it's all in. We're taking the first 12 people that sign up. It's going to be epic. I reserve using that word for very limited moments, but this is truly going to be that. So look into that if you would, please. We'd love to hear more from you. If you've got questions, we have an FAQ up there, but we're open to other questions. We're trying to... This is a first for us, but we're excited. And it comes from you guys asking, so uh, let us know what you think. And as always, we ask for Facebook questions. You've come through on that as well. We should do some of those. Yeah, I will uh, thank Dan again for coming on the podcast and put him on the spot with a, a question from <laughs> Jonathan Brown. I think it's fair. I think you should address uh, address his question. You guys can see it if you pull up the Everyday Driver Facebook page here. But I want to turn things over to Dan to let him kind of ask the or tell the question here and uh, – and then address that. So, Dan, it's yours. All right. So, well, Jonathan asks, and, and it's, it is a very fair question. Uh, just, you know, tell Dan we're missing his weekly Autoblog podcast. <laughs> uh, who's running the show schedule at Autoblog? Uh, that whoever it is, they blow. That would be me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the show used to be Monday nights like clockwork, and that's true. Um, and yes, I will agree. So we made we had personnel changes. Uh, Zach left. He went to Road and Track. Um, Chris Schunk left before that, and we had been solid uh, for years um, with that crew. And before that, it was me, uh, Chris, and Sam. And again, we had been solid for years with that. So that was that's been tricky to work out. And uh, on the the editorial side too, we've we've had some 
you know, some new people joined the team and we tried to move the show uh, to a daytime recording. We used to record every night uh, or every week at 10 o'clock at night, like we're, we're doing now um, for, for us freelancers, because it was an all freelance cast at that point. Mm-hmm. It, it worked great. Um, but for the staffers, like they want to go home and have a life and it's just yeah. it, it's a little extra difficulty for them. So we've tried to find a balance where we're not quite there yet. Um, so the, it's been difficult to schedule folks when we've got people in and out and, um, uh, Autoblog is, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're smoothing that out. Uh, I will say we've made some changes behind the scenes to hopefully alleviate some of that, the, the kink in the hose, um, and get some regular folks on. One of the things that I, I did do just in, in light of not, not being able to get the, the cats herded well um was i was like all right well i'm gonna do some guest casts and that's why like we had dave sullivan on and we had sam on and and i think it's good it brings some variety uh so what we're gonna try to do i think as we go forward is is do a mix of both where we'll have some guests we'll have some pre pre pre-done segments and we'll also have uh some staffers maybe all in the same show maybe spread out over a few shows um i think it makes it it better so Yes, I know. I feel your pain. Um, <laughs> like right now, when we're done here, I'm going to go and publish the podcast that we recorded last Thursday that uh, didn't I didn't get the files for. And then I got confused over the week. Anyway, yeah, I, like I'm still a freelancer and my my I schedule, hear I hear you, you know, has me at the end of a whip and, and um, you know, sure. it's sure. it's excuses. So, yes, I, I understand and we'll get there. So you're getting sorted out, it sounds like. You're kind of working through some things and getting everything sorted out. But it sounds like you guys are on the right track to getting something fresh and new and kicked off. Yeah, well, well, and, you know, like, honestly, I really appreciate the feedback. Like, even complaints. Like, it's good to know that people are listening and, uh, (laughs) like, just to hear, hey, we really like this. We don't like this so much. But what the heck? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it, yeah. it, it helps us fine tune the show. And if we need to take the show in a different direction, like, maybe it's like maybe it's like what we were talking about at the beginning with top gear like maybe it's time to to reimagine a little bit mm, where it's, mm, it's interesting you, know, you mean get bbc money is that what you're talking about maybe I it's time to get actually money. exactly what he did. we should <laughs> all just have some bbc money and it would all be better that's, that that's key. would solve a lot of things really yeah, yeah it sure would wouldn't it <laughs> <laughs> so uh justin wrote to us and justin asked uh what do you enjoy driving most as or I think he's kind of asking what kind of cars. What do you enjoy driving most as a daily driver versus what do you want most for an early Saturday in the mountains? So he's kind of saying what's your ideal, I feel like, your ideal kind of car for those two realities. If we're talking about commuting, I mean, we just I just brought up the BMW M235i as a car to try to do it all. Sounds like you're going, what is the ideal for both those situations? If I'm just going to commute, I want enormous, quiet, smooth, with power if I need to pass. So, you know, things like... A really loaded out S8, bring it. Mm. You know the the mm. Hellcat even, which is obviously a significantly smaller price point. I never used. I commuted in the Hellcat Charger when we had it. I never <laughs> used more than ten percent of the throttle. Nobody said no that. Need. I commute in my Hellcat. Nobody does that. But, or maybe but they there do. There was no need. But there was no need. And yet, if I wanted to drive cross country in that car, it's enormous. And it's a laugh when the road straightens out and there's no traffic. I mean, you're in the middle of, you know, places like Kansas or, or West Texas or wherever. You will be the fastest thing on the planet. <laughs> and then if you're sitting in traffic, it's got a big, beefy air conditioner and huge seats and 85 cup holders like an SUV. I mean, those kind of big cars with power are awesome for that. But when it's a Saturday morning, let's go to the mountains. I want as small and as light as I can get. And power becomes far less relevant. I just want low to the ground. I want good handling. And I want little. Honestly, it's been years since I've done the commute thing. But I'm with you. It's got to be more comfortable, luxurious. That Mercedes C400 that we drove at the track, I could see that in a commute situation. That would be ideal power, but still just a nice place to be. And then for me, it's got to be something I really look forward to. A special car. I admit it's currently sitting in my garage, and I'm looking yes. forward to doing that very thing on Saturday. Uh, Life is hard. You and your GTS. It's uh, we're, we're all crying. It's up for there. You. It's up there. I'm so um, sorry. But Dan, do you do you commute much? Or uh, oh yeah, you do? oh yeah. Okay. So let me tell you a story about Boston Metro <laughs> traffic. Okay. Okay. I live 45 miles from the office. On a good day, 
like when there's no traffic, that's 50 minutes. Because mm -hmm. pretty much okay. I drop on the highway a mile from here. I, I drop off the highway two miles from the office. So sure, sure. 50 minutes. Um, during the normal weekday commute at rush hour, uh, that's at least an hour and 15. That's a mm. good day. Um, yeah. Yeah. Summer Fridays, it's two plus. Oh. Uh, oh, so, man. yes, I commute a lot. Wow. Um, on the other hand... That is the most challenging thing, most most uh, sort of immersive experience I have <laughs> every day, or the the three hours I spend in the car because it, it requires all my attention, all my senses. The survival it, of it, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think those those two ideals are the same thing for me. Mm. Um, I I have no problem commuting in something absolutely ridiculous, uh, <laughs> like a viper. <laughs> I am I am known to do that. I am much more prone to do that. I would I would much rather buy the car that's perfect for Saturday morning and just deal on the commute. But if I'm yeah. separating them out, but keep going. Sorry. Right. No, no. I mean, I, I mean, like, I, I hear people complain about manuals and traffic. Like, what is the matter with you? You're driving a manual. Like, you you have a gift. You can <laughs> you can do it. So yeah, just, I see. I and see that. and. I cannot stand the way automatics creep. I have always hated it. So mm. a manual, you just pop it in neutral, you're good to go. Um, mm. You know, modern automatics where they have that auto hold button, that's yeah, okay. But it's still weird, like not having your foot on the brake. And uh, again, you're, you're trusting the robot overlords. I mean, like, like I said, I'd be happy <laughs> in a Viper because it's just so stupid to commute in. <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> All right. Or you can leave that in first gear and yeah. let everything off, and and the torque of the car will just yeah. pull you along at a better speed than a, a you know a torque converter in an see, automatic transmission. See, you figured it out. Much. It's just, entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I see that. Okay. Yeah. At right. the least, That's, it's entertaining. Kudos. Kudos, um, Dan. Well done. I I was not expecting that. That is very. That's excellent. That's really good. That's really good. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. All right, what else is on here? What else stuck out to you guys? Uh, Dan, any other questions from the gang here that stuck out to you? Um, yeah, well, you know, the, the question I think that stuck out the most was uh, Julian's, where he asked, um, since you guys always, since Everyday Drivers suggest the WRX all the time as yes, the go-to, and uh, we at Autoblog still continue to suggest the GTI, and I think I, I, think I did that tonight. You did. Um, I, worked I, in I, I noticed, I noticed you were consistent. Well done. Yeah. I mean, I even <laughs> compared it to guitars and stuff. Yeah. Yes. Um, Quite impressive. Like, do we, like, I guess, do we still suggest the GTI? Yes. Um, and, and I think, though, those those two cars, like, like to the point we've, we've tried to make all night, like, they get suggested a lot because they're good at what they do. And Agreed. they're, they're Agreed. priced well. And, you know, I do not love the Gallant. That was a ruse. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> no, I do not love the Gallant. <laughs> Um, I love an underdog, so I hope Mitsubishi succeeds. I love the snarl of the Mirage. Um, it's definitely not the right car for anywhere other than cities, but uh, yeah, I, I don't like the Galant. Funny, funny, <laughs> funny. Well, I had one more. Maybe we can close on this one because I've been pondering this, and I think I've landed somewhere that surprised myself. And Anthony Oliver uh, wrote to us, and he said, if you could only have one car for the rest of your life, what would you buy? And his caveat is, Maintenance is not a factor. So let's just assume mm. maintenance is just covered. You mm. bought this car. You've got it forever. But that also means that I'm reading into the question. But that also means as I read it, this has to do everything. So one car, rest of your life, what, is it, what does it have to be? And I'm just going to go ahead and dive in here because I wound up someplace odd. Because I thought I want something that feels like a sports car, is great on a back road, has some good power. Well, that's headed me one direction, but I also want something theoretically, you know, I can bang around in the snow, I can take to the mountains, I could put skis in it, bikes on the top, it's got to have some usability, so maybe four seats and a hatch, I'm kind of headed two different directions. Mm. So of course, I initially landed on Panamera, like a big beefy Panamera <laughs> with all the bells and whistles, but then I thought if we're really talking, A, money is no object to get into it, B, it needs to be all those things that I don't have to pay for maintenance. I landed on a car I've never driven, but I thought, that's my answer. I'm going to say Ferrari FF. Ooh. Do you think these are all going to be Ferraris? Like everybody's choice? Don't know. Just, Don't know. Okay. I, I didn't. I, I honestly didn't expect it because I thought that there's two divergent that's things in there. it. If it's, that's if it's only the one car, I imagined, okay, my son and I are going to go climbing or I'm going to go biking or whatever. 
you know, so it's kind of got to have that hatch four seat thing happening. Yeah. But I'm going to take it down a back road and I need it to be fun. Oh, look, it's snowing. I- I'm at Ferrari FF, which is a weird place to land, I must acknowledge. Wow. Good one. Very good. Very interesting. And yeah, that car is going to be a maintenance money pit. But yes, but if I'm not paying for it, right, not like, paying we talked for about, it. like we talked about earlier this week, the best Ferrari is the one you don't pay for. <laughs> exactly. Cha-ching. Done. <laughs> Why, Dan? Is yours a Ferrari too? Uh, yeah. Um, I have a Ferrari either or. I, I can't really uh, nail it down other than either a Ferrari 412 or a 456 GT. Okay. Really? The four, so the 456 GT is like that is the first Ferrari that I was like that car debuted when I was in high school and it was just like wow uh, that's like an everyday Ferrari obviously like it's it's more of a GT you know I I I adore front engine Ferraris um, and like that that car was just like that was the the, the pinnacle um, huh. To me, at least, when it when it came out, it, it clearly like it has its flaws and stuff. But like that was the first modern Ferrari that I was like, okay, I can get down with that. And the 412 is just so oddball and and beautiful and understated and and ridiculous. Um, hmm. I am so surprised so far. I'm very surprised. All right, Paul, <laughs> take Although, us back to the pool of Porsche. Go, sir. <laughs> I hate to be a foregone conclusion, but come on. I mean, <laughs> you said it yourself. The Panamera does all of those things. Track. Four it doors. It does. Uh, honestly, I, I will acknowledge. Cayennes are good. Panameras are good. It's not in the exotic category, I realize, but man, well, but, what a car. but if you get a loaded one, they do cost a quarter million dollars. If you take a Panamera, <laughs> they do. and you get the Turbo S, they do. and you put everything on it, Porsche's right. asking you a quarter million dollars, and at that point, I have to walk away laughing, because you've got to be kidding me. Well, you can spend that kind of money. <laughs> My favorite story is the one you said, and that was at, a, I think, a Texas dealership. About the guy looking for the 911 and just oh, – it yeah. just wasn't – you can tell it better than I can. But it, it just wasn't suiting him. Mm-hmm. And the salesman said, well, sir, we do sell the 911 in a four-door. Yeah, a guy, a right guy I here. knew in Dallas. A guy I knew in Dallas wound up in a Panamera because he just randomly, like his local dealer, he'd never owned a Porsche. This is a guy with some serious money. He's not that much of a car guy, but he'd never owned a Porsche. He went down to the local dealer, and they were doing for a lot of their you know clients in the in this rich area. They were doing a come you know take a test drive. He tried the Boxster, but I mean, there was no way that worked for his life. He tried the 911, loved it, and went to the salesman and said, I, "I really like it, but I just I need a little more usability. It's not." quite big enough for me and the salesman deadpan straight face as you can imagine said well sir we do have that in a four-door and he sold him a panamera so it's insane it's insane but i will say the first time i drove that 991 was for our 50 years of 911 uh film and i had driven the panamera prior and i did feel like in many ways the 991 with its extra growth feels like a baby panamera i don't mean that to be a, a, a any kind of crack at the car because the 911 is still great but it does feel related to the Panamera now for sure. Well it's funny because growing larger has only opened up smaller niches for Porsche to fill with smaller even more nimble models and you know that's the product planners for you but uh, Dan I was going to say that 456 that is very much a predecessor to Todd's Ferrari FF you realize it that? It is yeah it, it is. That FF um, was is the the Genesis line starting with that 456. Fair point. Yeah. 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 But I so and, and you know the funny. FF is a fine choice. Like it, it's it's bonkers in that Ferrari way. Like oh, you just like yeah. what? Why would you engineer a car this way? Uh-huh. Just, <laughs> but <laughs> why not? And, and I, I you mean, know, and I kept I kept thinking, okay, okay, but you know, really nice leathers, expensive seats, stuff's going to yeah. get ruined. But I kept coming back to if I'm really not paying for maintenance. Let's take the FF camping. Let's do <laughs> right. that. I, you know, bring right. that on. Who says know? that? Let's take the FF yeah, camping. But, so, but you'll you'll be surprised too. Like the best type of like those cars are the best, and they're the most charming when they have patina on them. When they have mm-hmm. wear, because you know somebody. I agree. Love them. Like it's such a shame to buy it and park it. Like let yep. it let it yep. get some oh, yeah, some yeah. wear on it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I could also get down with a Miura. <laughs> <laughs> but sure, okay. it's not, sure, not yeah. quite as practical. Yeah, yeah. Nobody yeah, takes yeah, a Miura yeah. camping. Nobody. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. 
Anyway, well, that's awesome. I like these Facebook questions. Thank you guys for sending those. Uh, anywhere you're looking for us, of course, it is Everyday Driver. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a shout out to Chance, who's one of our photographers and videographers, and he handles our Instagram. And uh, thank God for that, because without him, we rarely updated our Instagram. And with exactly. him, very cool photos every single day. So if you join us on Instagram, thank you. We are doing that regularly. Uh, of course, it is Everyday Driver there and uh, Facebook and Twitter. And I recently signed up uh, Everyday Driver on Snapchat and promptly stopped and went, I have nothing to put here. So we're on there, but I don't know what would po will ever possibly post on Snapchat. Because oh I'll be gosh. honest, if we create something, I'd like it to stick around. So I'm sitting there going, what would I even put on Snapchat that I want to have go away? You know, no, no, no. You, you guys could definitely uh, you know, talk up your, your adventures, your trips. Um, that's that's a perfect place to advertise those things. Every day we'll talk about the adventures on Snapchat. Awesome. Because what you want to see is more of my face going, hey. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> so yeah, so there you go. But we are everywhere. Of course, our, our website is everydaydriver.com. And on the adventures tab, you can find out about, guess what, our adventures. Of course, you can find our films and this podcast and everything else. We also would appreciate your ratings. Uh, we haven't mentioned that in a while, but honestly, you guys listening and rating is the reason we are a top five podcast in automotive. That's entirely due to you. One of the other ones that's regularly in the top five is the Autoblog podcast, so definitely be listening for Dan, who is promising, apparently, that you heard it here this evening, for it to be more common. So I'm putting that out there to you, so there you are. <laughs> well, I mean... Common common connotes a few different things. Like, uh, yeah, you know what? I'll take it. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Thanks to you, Dan. We really appreciate you coming more, on. More and, regular? Uh, is that better? Is that yeah. Better? More, uh, I mean, regular also connotes a few different things. Fine. Okay. Right. We'll crap right. one out every week. <laughs> awesome. No, no I really enjoyed it, guys. Thanks for having yes. me on. Yeah. I'm glad to have you, man. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Appreciate all your support, and we'll talk at you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.